What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline brought to you by Fitka and Helmer Eye Care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller sitting alongside my best friend, Jay Spence the King. Jay Spence, how are you feeling on this Hump Day? Well, I'm I'm in a good mood because it's hump day. But other than that, man, uh, <laughs> your boys ain't gave me much to be happy about this week. I tell you that much. <laughs> I'm not in a good mood. We are uh, going to talk a little bit about it. We're not going to keep everybody. We say this a lot. We're not going to keep everybody long in this show. We think going into it, we, we do, can. <laughs> we know <laughs> what happens when you and I get talking. <laughs> uh, we just get to talking, and it just kind of happens. But so, welcome to everybody that is joining us live right now on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, welcome to everybody who is joining us uh, in podcast version, audio version, uh, the thousands of you that are going to listen to this show. It's so good to have every single one of you. Please like, please subscribe. We are Super Chat Live on YouTube, so if you want to get our attention and you want to maybe tip us a little bit, that'd be great too. Jump over to YouTube. You can throw a Super Chat in there. uh, It'll light up for us. We'll know uh, that it's you, and we will read your question, your comment, and respond to it. Uh, but real quick, from the top, let's hear from our show sponsor, brought to you by John Fina. Imagine waking up to a world that's as clear as your dreams. With Zeiss Smile technology, this is your reality. At Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, our mission is your vision. Conducted by a team of expert surgeons, leveraging leading-edge technology, Our procedure is safeguarded, swift, and tailored to your eye care needs. Say goodbye to the limits of glasses or contacts. Embrace a world where your vision keeps pace with your life's aspirations. Contact us today at 800-309-2020 or visit us online at Ficta.com. At Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. I've heard that read several times, and I've never picked up on the uh, keep up with your life's aspirations. <laughs> you know what? It's it's crazy. He did it in one take, too. Like, we jumped in to do it, and we recorded it together. And when I, like, I'm like, okay, here's the script. And he was like, all right, give me give me one second. And he kind of read it one time in his head, and then he did it out loud. And I was like, that's perfect. I'm so glad we were recording. He was like, yeah, I've done these a couple times in my life. He's so smooth, man. Dude, like, I, he's, I do them, too. And I end up having to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have I have to edit them quite a bit, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it is what it, it is what it is. But it's 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 so funny. I, I said to John um, 
on Monday. I was like, bro, so can we do some mystery magic with this like Zeiss smile technology? Can we, because we played, I think we played yours. I was like, can we make my right eye see like all of Josh Allen's action perfectly and magnificently? And then my <laughs> left eye completely blurry so I can watch like one half with my right eye and then I can watch the other half with my left eye and can't see anything. And John was like, I think they can do that if you ask them to. Yeah, I think they can. I don't know why anybody would pay for that, but I, I think they can do it. I think, uh, you know what? Bill's mafia is getting close. <laughs> well, Sarah, uh, she actually got the procedure done with yeah. them a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I don't know. I don't know how it's gone for her, but I tell you from my experience, man, I, I encourage anybody to go and get that dog on surgery. If you can't see if you, th we're not going to this isn't a huge commercial tonight, but I'm telling you, if you can't see if you wear contacts, whatever that stuff is, it was the best thing for me. Like I got tired of like falling asleep, watching the game with the contacts in. They would dry or yeah, trying to find yeah. your glasses in the morning. Dude, it was the worst. So no, it's the it's the the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, my, my wife had it done several years ago and I don't have a gag reflex, but I have an aversion to, uh, or aversion to like blood and things like that. Not gore. Like if you're watching a gory movie, it's fine. But like when you're watching, just different shows where they're like they're they're showing somebody have a surgery. So like Beth is really big into like my six hundred pound life. So like they always show yeah, doctor whatever the, like cutting stuff off, and I'm like like I just I can't watch this stuff. So um and what's weird is like I have a super high pain tolerance. Like things on my body, I'm fine. <laughs> but I watched hers because they give you the screen. So I watched them do hers, and it's just a super close up shot of her eyeball, not fit to Endo yep. and Elm, or we were living in Columbus at the time. But they're like doing stuff, and then they're like actively wiping her eyeball off and i'm just like oh this is too much <laughs> just like i can't do it i, I can't. can't do it well you know what that that lets me know days that i'm not happy with you like i'm upset or something i'll just send you like clips from dr pimple popper you oh, ever see that show oh my god i'm gonna send you i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure to send you the absolute worst whatever i can find from anytime you make me mad so just know worst. if i send you a dr pimple popper meme that means you're on my yeah. bad side just know <laughs> <laughs> dude that's that one is like and the hard part about that show there's an aspect and i and we could we're totally off script this is hysterical Way like, off script. like there's there's an aspect of like i i get that there's a lot to do mentally with people that that are morbidly obese to 600 700 pounds and i've got people in my family that are that big um but my heart hurts so much for the people on dr pimple popper because those people that's like growing on their body and there's nothing yeah. they can do about it like it's disfiguring their face and their head and just different parts of their bodies like and i just think to myself like literally watching that show like you can stop drinking a two liter of pop every day you know what i'm saying like yes the, the other side of it like the, that watching that show if you've never seen it watch that show if you're depressed and you'll realize how lucky you are like yeah. to not have some of the problems that people in this world have like my heart breaks for those people it's just and then yeah and then they she squeezes them and it's like yeah Whoop. i love that part what? Love that. but they have but they have intense problems too so you're right like I, my heart goes out to them and and even for the like i agree with you like the people with the, on the my 600 pound life like those you're right they can stop doing whatever but at the same time it's like even their family members are like the well the doctor tells them your mother is an enabler, enabler. enabler. You know, i love it i love it i love yeah. it the show is perfect i'm gonna watch an episode after this after we jump <laughs> off i'm going to watch the episode man it's on i love it so yeah oh man i love it sarah larson's point happy hump day y'all <laughs> like welcome to the show welcome to the show. <laughs> i'm gonna be honest this is better than talking about the bills eagles but regardless you know what? it made me happy i'll tell you that it just made me happy
<laughs> we gotta we gotta talk about Let's this football game. So um we were off we were off air before we came on and we did something that we never do, which is actually started accidentally kind of talking about the show. And the reason that we don't really script or talk like we have outlines and notes and things and th- topics we want to hit, but we don't discuss it because it removes the energy, like that first release energy that we feel from it. So uh, but I want to kind of get into it. And one of the things that I was talking about as it pertains to just this football game that we've watched, this season that we've watched, this Buffalo Bills season, the Bills are 6-6, six and six, going into the bye. I'm not telling anybody listening anything that they don't know, having lost to the Eagles in, again, in dramatic fashion. I said to John, because John always says, you know, remember the feeling, but forget the game. And it's like, it's getting to the point where, like, I'm remembering all the games. Like, mm-hmm. how many, how familiar is this feeling and how familiar does it have to become? And when you're listening to just the press conferences, right? And we and, and the press conferences that happened on Monday, it was Monday, I think, right? Heading into the bye and listening yeah. to Sean McDermott talk and just an aspect of like, you know, well, yeah, but yeah, but they kicked a 59 yard field goal. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, he got behind the defense and that's not, not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, but he just had a lot of yeah, buts. And it just drove me insane listening to him yeah, but the press on Monday about a loss that, he played a huge factor in. Um, and what I was saying to you before the show was just this idea that like, and I don't know how to encapsulate it even still, this philosophical idea, this kind of like, I don't need theoretical idea that there's active blame in football games where players make mistakes. A quarterback throws an interception, a running back fumbles, a running back drops a pass on a wheel route. That's a 30 yard pass. It's like perfect. And he like could score a touchdown and it like negatively affects the game. There's active participants who make mistakes. And then there's inactive participants, guys that aren't in the game that affect the game. Like Sean McDermott does a lot, often a lot. A lot. And it's like the players can't overcome the mistakes that the inactive participant makes. They can overcome sometimes the stuff that they make because they can maybe do better. I just, James Cook isn't going to drop that pass again. You know what I mean? Like if it happens again, which, you know, uh, Joe Brady said, you know, I have full confidence the next time we run that play and throw it to him, he's going to catch it. Sean is making the same mistakes over and over. But you know what? Let's talk about James Cook. Let's let's talk about that. And not even in the sense that probably we would want to talk about him. Yeah, he's a top five running back in the NFL this season. Yeah, it's the best running attack that we've had since LaShawn McCoy. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I want to talk about here is exactly what you're saying. You're talking about how the team can't overcome inactive participants from losing. I tell you what makes a difference how about taking out your starting running back when he makes a mistake for a drive or two drive and i know joe brady on this this this, said he didn't. this presser yeah. this week he said it was about getting other guys touches but listen sean mcdermott has done this with with zach moss he's done this with devin singletary he, he's done it with james cook we've seen him do this time and time again where they fumble or they make a mistake they don't make a play that they're supposed to make and they bench them and yep. they have them out for however long and then all of a sudden you talk about getting somebody in a the rhythm then you bring James Cook back in the second half and expecting and last week he was phenomenal so I can't complain too much about it but it's like you bring him in in the second half and then he has it come on man like when, when are we gonna stop acting like this is Pop Warner like you're gonna put a kid in punishment but it's is only, that what we're doing but it's only one kid 
the only person on this team that ever gets held accountable, and I've said this on my show several times, is James Cook. And before that, it was, as you said, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, going back to the Texans playoff game. He missed that pass, dropped that pass, and like Dude, was on the bench for the, the next AFC, 10 or 12 plays. The AFC championship game. Right. The AFC championship game. He benched Singletary in the championship game. Right. It's just... I don't understand why he's the only one that gets held accountable. Why does Gabe Davis not get held accountable and have to get benched for 20 plays when he tips a ball into the defender's hand? Why does any, I mean, pick when somebody misses a block, why are they not benched for 20 plays when, when one of his defenders misses a tackle? Well, there wouldn't be any defenders playing football because this is Sean McDermott. Joe Marino even says this, so I'm not making this crap up. Sean McDermott defenses are prolific for being bad tackling football teams. Like there wouldn't be anybody playing. I just don't understand to your point why the only person held accountable is James Cook. Hey, don't anybody make, make mistakes or you're going to be like that guy over there who's sitting on the bench. It's like, what, what is happening right now? Right. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. And and then the thing that I think that upsets me even more this week is kind of what you're talking about. So you're talking about the presser and you're talking about how like why you're watching him and it just drives you crazy because mm-hmm. it, it's like he's saying stuff and it's like, come on, just stop saying the stuff that you, you uh, be honest. Like you, you, you start to look at him that way. And you, I, I go back three years and I, I really did this. I searched my name and I searched Sean McDermott or Coach McDermott in my like with my handle. Last year, a lot, I called him like Coach McDiddy and all that stuff when I was joking and I felt good. So I searched all of that stuff. There were so many feel good. It was like, it's like, it's like the typical, you know, relationship like that goes wrong. Like you starts off and all the tweets are about how much you're in love. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, Sean McDermott is so perfect. Oh my God. And now I'm just like, I'm not going to say what really what I'm feeling because this is a family friendly show. But man, Called the, called the hump day hotline where we hump the likes. But anyway, um, touché, touché, touché. <laughs> I think what's touché. amazing, what's amazing is, and, and we've, I think you and I have talked about this in the past, just that how fast we went from outliers after 13 seconds, get this guy out of here. It's never going to work, blah, 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 blah. And all of us content creators, insane bills mafia were like, you are not right in the head. And literally how fast that, that, that stone has turned for us and it's it it comes back to what we basically were talking about like it's just too familiar this idea that the national media is blaming Josh Allen Peter King came out about it was like this vitriol is what he said about against Josh Allen is ridiculous like i've said it how many times does Josh Allen have to walk off the field winning the game as a winner and walk to the locker room a loser like and it's not and sometimes more than once in a game and can't the can't the thirteen second game he walked Dude. off the field twice as a winner. Uh, there's I mean that's happened. So I just at what point in time is 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 it changed? And I know you had a great show last night with John Fina, Eric Wood, and Jerry Ostrowski, and they kind of talked you out of this notion that Sean has to go like like be more patient. And then I'm reading on Twitter statistics. And I'm the guy that says stats only matter until they don't. And the statistic that I read on Twitter, don't remember who said it or where it was from, or maybe it was in the comment section, that no head coach and quarterback who had not won a Super Bowl within five years has ever won one after five years. So if a head coach and a a quarterback together don't win one within five years, there's no case in the NFL ever where they've won it after that time. And I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> and I, I mean that's a that's a stat for sure. Like, like that's, that's a, stat a that's sure, a damning but, stat. That's a damning. But stat. for me, it's not even that. Like, I mean, we could we could do it based on history, but for me, I'm I'm doing it strictly just based on the fact that, you know, I look at this thing like we're regressing every year. We're we are regressing, regressing every, every year. year. That's right. We made it to the AFC Championship game, and now at the moment we're having a conversation about whether or not we'll even make the playoffs. And we did that with the same quarterback. We had the same wide receiver one. We had the same safeties on our team. We had the same cornerback. We had to, So there's a lot of pieces, a lot of things that are the yep. same. Yep. Yeah, we upgraded here or there. We lost some people here. We got injured here. But the core is basically the same. Yep. And, and okay, we're good enough to get back. We have to do this, and then we could beat the Chiefs. Last year, we didn't even get back to the Chiefs. <laughs> so it's, it's just this notion for me, like all of this, these conversations that's going on, and you're right, three legends last night told me, nope, he needs more credit, don't fire him. And I'm like, okay, you guys are talking me out of it. But then I woke up this morning, and I started to think about it some more, and it's just like, I understand why the players on the t- Stevie Johnson had a great tweet great tweet he was talking about how sean mcdermott embraced bill's mafia and he's part of the reason why uh the team started to embrace bill's mafia i don't know if everybody remembers this but like when dale reed first it wasn't always accepted by the team they ignored him for some time like it you know like the whole bill's mafia thing wasn't accepted sean mcdermott was a part of that Mm -hmm. okay he changed the culture playoff caliber cool championship caliber right now man it's a it's a what have you done for me lately league and i'm sorry to say that i'm sorry to say that over the last half decade he's been successful and now for one year he's not and mm-hmm. i'm ready to move on but that's how i feel because when you have a quarterback like josh allen and you understand that stefan diggs is not going to be young and and elite stefan diggs forever oh. and you understand that you know like once you start to understand like okay no diggs ain't old yet he just had a birthday though Like, like it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he literally just had a birthday. If they're not in the market for a wide receiver one this year, they are next year for sure. And I, that means going to get one or drafting one, like literally Steph Diggs, that cliff for wide receivers is about as sharp as it is for safeties. Right. And we're probably seeing some of that with some of the safeties on this team that we love as far as that goes, but you're, you're a hundred percent right. And the hard part for me is there's, uh, you know, Jedediah says it took Peyton Manning nine years for what it's worth. I don't want it to take nine years for Josh Allen. Like, and I know that there's there's things stacked against him. Josh Allen is playing in a divi- in a in a conference, right? The AFC with incredible quarterbacks and incredible talent. Like the AFC is so just seems so strong, so much more strong than the NFC, but the road isn't easy, but yeah, we were chasing the chiefs chiefs. That's who we were trying to chase. And now all of a sudden it's like, we're chasing the Colts, the Browns and the Steelers. (laughs) That's who we're chasing. And to me, I think that's the biggest indictment on this head coach and this team. You know, the reality is, is yes, you've had injuries. However, Linville Joseph is playing well. And while he's not Daquan Jones, that defensive line is playing good, right? I, I don't think there's there's been such a sharp drop off on the defensive line that it's that it's that much of a problem. Terrell Bernard, congratulations, you struck gold. 
Like Terrell Bernard is playing out of outside of his. I'm the guy that that Trish Patel posted the video saying there is no like starting caliber middle linebacker on this football team. Lo and behold, Terrell Bernard is that guy, right? And then when you look at the defensive backfield, the cornerbacks, Razul Douglas is a legit number one cornerback. Yep. So you can't blame the defense on what's happening. And to me, the greatest indictment on Sean McDermott is if we don't make the playoffs and somehow the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, sorry, the, the Steelers, the Browns, and the Colts do. To me, how do you miss the playoffs and a, and a team on their fourth quarterback is going? I know they've got the best defense in the league. Are they playing complimentary football? Probably not, but they're still going, right? The, the only when I, So the only thing that I will in Sean's defense or in the team's defense, because I hear that take off and, and you're right in, in a sense, but then we're not playing against the Browns or we're not playing against. So like the team that has their third or fourth string quarterback in right now, if the bills were going head up matched up against those teams to make the playoffs, all right, then that's a different argument. But, but when we're ha- like, now we're going against the chiefs, then you got the Cowboys. Like we have a, this is a gauntlet. So, you know, yeah, I think it's like if we can't beat out these teams that don't have their number one quarterback playing, mm-hmm. like I don't know what to tell you. But then when you look at who they have to play and then who we have to play, I don't know. It, it's a little different. Yeah, but it is. who we have who we had to play early in the season was was a cakewalk. We beat the Broncos. No. We beat the Jets. We're having different conversations and I, today. The, the conversation, the conversation, no, right? The conversation about the Eagles game is like, holy smokes, what a great football game! We came out on the wrong side of it, but man, Josh Allen is back. The officiating sucked. There were some damn challenges man. with the coaching. Joe, I'm sorry, I'm gonna let you, but damn that, that <laughs> it was a great game, and we came out on the wrong side. I'm tired of coming out on the wrong side well, of these all time yeah. great there games. The 13 is. seconds game apparently was one of the greatest playoff games of all time. Guess what? We lost. How many? You how go many, back to the, how, many, tired, jo- how many? How sorry. many? How many all world like historical Josh Allen performances have been ruined by the defense letting like giving up in the end. How about the Cardinals game? You remember that freaking ball he threw to Stefan Diggs, that impossible pass to take the lead in Arizona. Like, and everybody forgets it because of the hell Murray play. Everybody right. forgets it. That right. was a fit. It was one of the most beautiful routes ran by Diggs that I've seen. But even while the pass he was, in the was Bills. stupid. Like when he threw the that pass ball. was insane. The pass was insane. And like we and and so like now you look at this Eagles game and then you have the national media and even other people, people within our fan base who have a voice coming out and saying, well, hey, well, Josh threw that interception. He did. But if you if you watch that game and you came out of that game and you think that Josh Allen was the problem. No, that defender. Like something's wrong, bro. The defender. And then then, the defender broke off his route and and, and snuck into a spot that he wasn't supposed to be in and made it a phenomenal play. He, 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 He just made a great play. But even if, even if like, I mean, you're right, you're right. But let's just say, let's just say Josh made a dumb decision there. And it was a typical, uh, what, what most people would like to call sugar high Josh moment. Let's just say it was that. Let's say it was right. He also is the reason why the team was, he's the reason why the team was scoring anyway. Right. Like that, that, let's, let's talk about it. Let's really talk about it. Yeah. If you're talking about this offense without Josh Allen's now 
all of a sudden new freedom to extend plays and scramble a little bit before he was able to do that. The bills weren't even getting those 25 yard receptions on third and four. Like now it, it almost remember how you used to talk about how you just were confident. Cause you just knew if you saw Josh Allen winding up on a third and 15, you knew it was wide the open. first down wide open guy. The, the last two games I felt like that. Yes. I felt like that. The before last that, two games before that, if it was third and seven, you were like, Oh shit. Right, like I got, God, don't, like what? Are, what are we about to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like thirty-nine, you're like, just punt it, just punt the ball. We can't make this. But yes, a hundred percent, dude, hundred <laughs> percent. Come on, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. And and again, he's not perfect. I talk about Josh when he doesn't play well. Week one, I came down on him hard. People was like, you can't blame. Yes, I can. He I'm, was, uh, he was horrible. I, he was I, horrible. I, I feel, I, I feel like. Somebody said it today. I don't remember where I was. If it was YouTube, if it was Twitter, if it was the radio, somewhere I read that like maybe, maybe most, maybe weeks two through whatever, 10 or two through nine were a knee jerk from week one. And I literally felt like, like somebody listened to my show over the overreaction show when I was like, maybe it's a bad idea to just let Josh be Josh. Literally, I said on my show week one, is it possible to have the best quarterback in the league? And the worst quarterback in the league at the same time. And now I'm just like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Give me, give me that Josh Allen all day long. And I would rather, I, I would rather live and die with what happened in the Jets game where he gets impatient against a shit crap team like the Jets one time or twice a year and then just obliterates the rest of the field the rest of the way through versus what they did to him from week two to week 10, right? The new. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if anybody also wants to say, now I'm not going to argue with anybody who feels any way about Sean McDermott on either side of the argument. Ken Dorsey had to go. And oh, yeah. you don't think Ken Dorsey was a problem. And I don't mean this to, 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 to I don't want to kick a man while he's down no. or anything like that. Um, but now if you look at it, honestly, you you take a step back and you look. The offense is completely different. Two weeks in a row, the offense, it looks like the offense that has Josh Allen as the quarterback. Yeah, Ken Dorsey, I have inside information that Ken Dorsey is going to be just fine. He's getting offers from college teams, and he's waiting for the the right NFL offer. So whether that's QB coach or offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey is going to be fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. I, yeah. I don't have any doubt. I think he's a he's a brilliant offensive mind. I think that, you know, I think he, the players love him. So I think he's not going to have any issues. I just think that um, he needs to be with a quarterback that he can mold. Yeah. Josh Allen is not a moldable quarterback at this point of his career. You need to give him the keys and get the hell out the way. Like yeah. at this point, that's what I want to see, Joe. I'm ready to see when Peyton Manning took that step forward and the offense became his. Yeah. When when Tom Brady's offense became his, that's the, that's what I wanted to see out of Josh Allen now. 100%. Like I, I don't I don't want to see Josh Allen always looking over to the sideline like well, I don't want that. Right. Josh, make the, you do it. Do well, it, man. It's, it's you. A great indictment on that to, to that point is like there was it was so predetermined. It was like the ball is supposed to go here. And we watched Josh three times, I think, this season lock onto the receiver where the ball was supposed to go because the matchup was right. Follow him down the field and then throw the ball where you're supposed to. And then a defender just jumped in front of it. And it was like, that's not Josh Allen. Like we have watched Josh Allen since year two work through his reads and work through his progressions. And meanwhile, he's like. I'm, I'm, he's Drew Bledsoe in the whole thing. Do you remember Drew Bledsoe? That's what Drew Bledsoe yeah. would do with freaking with Peerless Price and Eric Molds. He'd just watch him run down the field, 
and then he'd throw the football. And it's like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that in the NFL. And then ended, that ended his career in Buffalo because he would just, say, walk, yeah. leave, just walk out of those then. Right? You couldn't do it then. And now guys are more athletic. They're faster. They're, right. They can jump higher. No, you can't. You can't, can't do, do it. Just can't do it. So anyways, I, I, we probably lived in this space long enough. I, I, I do want to bring up the fact that we just played the Eagles. Both of us, without conversation, are wearing green. A version of green. <laughs> You're wearing the Grinch sweater, which is epic and unbelievable. And I'm wearing this hoodie that I literally got in Ireland. So this... This came from, for me, the motherland. So, right? <laughs> I don't know how many people know this or not, but you know what I mean? My roots are, I'm well, Irish as well. I'm we just going to throw that out there. We brothers. I'm just throw that out there. Hey, it just, it just, you know what I mean? That, we brothers. You know, just saying, just saying. And, and yeah, the Grinch, the Grinch sweater. Yeah, I, this is my mood. This is my mood right now. Before oh. his heart grew a few times too big, I'm the Grinch right now because of where the Buffalo Bills have me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's funny. Uh, Matt Bynum says, uh, in fairness to Bledsoe, it worked for like eight games really well. And the the funny backstory for me about this is it he's 100% right. And I know it's true because I made a trade for Drew Bledsoe at game like eight or nine, expecting it to like in fantasy football, expecting it. And it just like <laughs> fell through the floor. And my, yeah, it didn't work out too well for me at all. It just is what it is. So let's do this. Let's transition to, uh, so we talked a little bit about the pressers. Oh, actually, before we do, was there anything else in the pressers that you wanted to talk about, talk about for me, Joe Brady, you know, there was, there was, we got, we, Sean McDermott, the yeah, buts. we got Joe Brady, who just basically is a really nice guy. Looks a lot like me, very young, skinny version of me with eyebrows. I don't have eyebrows. I do have them. You just can't see them. Uh, they're there. They're just, yeah, I'm not Josh Dobbs. Yo. I have eyebrows. They're just invisible. Um, and, and then Eric Washington to me, and I said this to you before the show was just like, I'm just going to be stern. And the more stern I am, the more believable I'll be like, that's not excellent defense. And it, there, there was just, there wasn't much from those pressers that I took away as like, oh, like when we come back from the bye, things should be a lot better. Like, I don't know where you were at just to close this whole conversation. No, I'm the, I just walk away from the pressers just still equally as frustrated as I was prior to them. Like, you know, before I watched them, you know, I was frustrated and I was hoping to hear something from Sean McDermott that would have me say, you know what? This team is going to, they're going to be all right. They're going to figure it out after buy or during the buy. And then yeah. after they'll figure it out. And then we're going to go on a run and we're going to shock the world. And nobody wants to see the Buffalo Bills in the oh. playoffs. That's, that's what I wanted to hear. Like that, I didn't get that. I yeah. didn't get that at all. From Sean McDermott today, I actually got a coach that he's not as normal. Um, you know, he smiles with the press, with the media. He, mm. he kind of, he jokes a little. He's open. Now it's like he, he rarely even, I don't know. He just doesn't even seem as personable as he was before. And it just seems a little disconnected. It seems like, um, I don't know. I, I'm just not, I'm not too thrilled with, with the communication that we're getting from our leaders right now. I don't remember who it was. It was a gentleman that is not Bill's beat reporter guy, but it's the guy that was pressing him about what changed, what changed in the last couple of drives. And Sean was like, nothing changed which is a bunch of BS because they total went, they totally went soft and prevent defense. And they say, Oh, I mean, schematically what nothing changed, which to me, <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't wear a press badge for this reason alone, because if I'm that guy and I'm at, or, or if I'm any of the other guys and, and it, 
I'm asking what changed because clearly the play calls defensively were were starkly different than they were in the first half of the football game. And this is something I brought up with John. There seems to be a fundamental issue with Sean McDermott's defenses where if the Buffalo Bills are within three points or losing, they're suffocating. Like they are a suffocating defense and they will choke you out. Even this version that's missing all pro players. But if the Bills offense gets up 14, if they get up 17 points, they get really super like just soft and like keep everything in like umbrella type defense, which is really, really strange. And Sean in that moment is denying that that's happening. Nothing changed. Everything was the same. And to me, if I'm that guy, that press, that press guy or somebody else, I'm like, well, what the F happened? Right. Isn't that the next question? The next question, when Sean says, like, drives it home, nothing changed. The scheme was the same. The play calls were the same. Everything was the same. Well, then what the F happened? It's time to be real. Like, give it to me. What the F happened? Because y'all and gave that's what I'm saying. 30 points in the second half. What happened? And then for me, like, then for me, okay, you're right. Because and it's not even just the second half. At the end of the third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, they had 14 points. Mm-hmm. They had 14 points at the <laughs> end of the third quarter. And people are like, yeah, but Josh Allen threw an interception in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> that, now tell me this. That's what it was. <laughs> I, I understand how the rules work. Um, I know <laughs> if he would have gotten a touchdown in overtime, we would have won the game. Right. But the last time he walked off the field, the Bills were up by three. They were winning. The Buffalo Bills defense, if you don't go into prevent or if you don't make crazy decisions against a mobile quarterback that just leaves the field wide open for him to run like Moses when he parted the duck. If you just do play defense, man, am I wrong? Stop them. Is my memory wrong? He walked off the field twice with the lead. Right. Did he walk off the field twice with the lead again at the end of at the end of regulation? They kicked the field goal to tie. Right. And then they kneel on the that's the end of regulation. Twice. And then they kneel on the ball for 20 seconds. He walked off the football field twice with the lead. He said, Look, I've done it. He mic dropped. I've done it. Just go out there and do your part. Nothing changed. And y'all gonna blame and y'all got people blaming Josh Allen. Right. This is this is who he is, and what do you expect from Josh Allen? Like this is the he's a turnover listen, machine. Meanwhile, maybe Jalen Hurts has the same amount of turnovers as Josh Allen, MVP candidate. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe I'm looking at this wrong, Joe, because, you know, the goal for a lot of us that do podcasts and stuff, the goal is to get to like ESPN and FS1 and all those places. Right. So maybe maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I should say crazy stuff that Colin doesn't Coward. actually make sense. Colin Coward. Or like who is it? The Colin Ryan Coward. Clark. Ryan Clark. No, yeah, like RC. Ryan Clark today, RC. like the guy. And I love Ryan Clark. Normally, I feel like he's one of the best at. At a lot. <laughs> I love Ryan Clark. Right. He's not clutch. Josh Allen hasn't done enough to be great. He's a good quarterback, but he hasn't done enough to be great. Did, Ryan, what game are you watching? Like, I said that to Marcus Spears. Did you see my tweet to Marcus Spears? Because Marcus Spears said the same thing. And I was like, bro, when you're done reading that that clickbait crap on the teleprompter and you go do some research on Josh Allen, like you, you'll change your opinion. But it, but it's it's shocking to me because again with Marcus he's he's phenomenal man like when Marcus and and uh, and Dan do their breakdowns and they do all this yo I love watching their content they're phenomenal yeah so it's just shocking to hear me you know when when you go and listen to these guys 
have these takes about Josh Allen. It's the laziest take that you'll find. And we yeah. can move on now. It's a bye week. We don't have a game coming up. You wanted to do some grades and stuff. Let's grade and get out of here, man. <laughs> like, this is let's pissing grade me off. some stuff. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just annoying. Because it's like we've been doing this now for a few years. And it's like every like the first year that we kind of was on this, it was Wildest Dreams Land. You know? And it's like you just knew that that was the year. You knew we were going to do it. Then the next year, we were just as good. Mm. You talk about last year. We were 13-3. and three. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Property Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Like, you just... you. I'm just frustrated, man. Like, six and six might miss the playoffs. The Texans probably will get in before us with a rookie court, which is, he's phenomenal. CJ Stroud, in my opinion, right now is the MVP of the NFL. So I'm not knocking him for anything. But the Texans are going to get in and the Bills aren't. You got the dog going Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson is out for the rest of the year. Steelers. You got the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. The Colts with no, no James Taylor. Or Jonathan Taylor, rather. Colts with no Jonathan Taylor. No Jonathan Taylor Taylor or quarterback. Their quarterback been out since like week four, week five. No Jonathan Taylor and No Anthony Richardson. No Anthony Richardson. And on Gardner Minshew and on uh, NFL, whatever the NFL Network does for their their show in the evening, they said, yeah, but even with Jonathan Taylor out, they've got a monster in Zach Moss. Zach Moss is a monster. And I'm like, that's funny. That's the guy I remember running into the back of the offensive lineman. (laughs) He's a monster now. <laughs> like yeah, he, I don't know what it is about run schemes when guys leave Buffalo, but they do well because Devin Singletary's eating too. Matt Shout Biden, out to Matt. Oh, he's hating on my man Stroud. He's saying wait until teams has a season full of tape on Stroud. I'm gonna tell you what, Stroud is special, man. Like some of them throws that he's making, it don't matter. He's a confidence so level to it. it's, it's covered yeah. too. They're gonna at some point in time they're gonna do what they do to all quarterbacks that are having success. They're gonna start running a cover two on them, and then and then the quarterback will have to figure it out. Which that the only concern that I have about Josh Allen. 
the the only concern. And when you look at guys like Ben Roethlisberger, who started his career running, being a little more mobile, not to the level that Josh Allen is, and that was ridiculous when Jim Nance was like, oh, he looks like a young Ben Roethlisberger. I was like, nah, not really. Like, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger ran forward and ran over people <laughs> like John Elway did. Like, Josh is juking guys out of their, like, breaking ankles out there. But regardless of that, there's a moment in Josh's career, and you, I think there was an expectation that this would be that year, that he would learn to be a pocket passer. Um, and I don't, they've reverted back to allowing him to be a runner, which then makes it truly 11 on 11, which changes the defense to open up space. Um, and that's a concern for me that Josh at year six isn't in a position that let's say Pat Mahomes is in where he can literally not be a threat to run, drop back Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and just pick apart a defense. So there's a hurdle there. There's another level up that Josh Allen has to take. Um, I'd debate you on little, that. I would debate you on that. You've watched because it. I think you've watched no, it but year. I think Josh Allen can be that because we've seen him be that. Even again, like Sunday, you you saw him against the Eagles, and I know that he was mobile, but you also saw him drop back to pass fifty times. But he ran so, for eighty but, yards in that game, right? But what I'm saying is, he still we've seen Josh Allen pick teams apart in the pocket. You go back to the the as Miami game as a no, We've seen Josh Allen throw the ball and just have his way. What I'm saying is, this season, I'm the only reason why I'm debating it is because I feel like the comp the the conversation needs to be had about the offense they tried to install this year. I don't know if Ken Dorsey was trying now to say, this is my thing now and I want to get away from the Brian Dayball offense or what, but I feel like the, the offense completely was just way too complicated in a bad way. And Josh Allen's smart. I think Josh Allen can absolutely, this season Mahomes runs it. I'm sorry for those listening hard, to my podcast. Hard, hard eye roll. Yeah. Mahomes has not run since he dislocated his kneecap. So in this season, you, he was he was leading Josh in rushing for a while, and it annoyed Joe and I to no end. So it's not that Mahomes runs as much as Josh. Josh hasn't run this as much this season, right? And I hate yeah. that. But exactly. what I was saying is that the the play calling was not good for Josh. We're seeing a lot of the same plays called, but we're seeing them called in different situations, and we're seeing yeah. some wrinkles being added in, and that allows Josh to read the defense differently. When yeah. jo- when when Dorsey is telling him, "No, this play is the digs, man." then I think that's when Josh is making those mistakes. But when we see Josh go through his progressions and we see him read a defense, dude, it was beautiful to watch Sunday. Like if you, and I'm sure you watched it too. You pay yeah. attention to it. You literally, there was a couple plays that you could see Josh literally go one, two, no, back one, no, three. And you like, you could see him go through and it's just, it's, it's amazing to watch. And that's why I got so upset early. Cause it's like, y'all are neutering, like yeah. they neutered him, man. What is yeah. going on? A lot of people don't like Tony Romo. There was one play in particular where Josh worked, he worked to the back and then worked two and three and then worked back to the back. And Romo made a comment that like, that's almost impossible for a quarterback to do to go like, look at the back, go two him, and three and then come all the way back to the back to the running back. Um, yes. To your point, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's a different offense. It, it's just a, a, a small concern. I'm not saying it's a huge concern for me. Um, it's just, there's just a measure of at some point in time, 32, 33 years old, Josh's legs aren't going to be Josh's legs anymore. And he's going to have to be transitioned into being a Tom Brady or a Ben Roethlisberger. Who's going to be able to stand back there and just like eat your lunch. Like I'm just going to throw darts all over the field. Cause the arm's going to work. You. 
the arm's gonna well, work. The, leg, the legs won't. <laughs> well, I feel you, but I think he can. Like again, I'm not I'm not really concerned about that at all, man. I think I think that he can. I just think that the play calling wasn't wasn't the best for us. Yeah, I agree. So let's 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 officially transition, and we'll get you guys out of here in about the next five minutes. Um, so w- what I wanted to do was just talk about. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. You sound like so. I, I know. I know you. You have background in in ministry and in the church. Yes, but yes. like that was a classic <laughs> black Baptist in, in moment. Like I'm gonna let you out in five minutes in closing. But then you like yeah. literally you will be sitting there in church like man. Five minutes is long when it when it reaches thirty, Pastor. Let's go or, or an hour. <laughs> <laughs> or an hour. That was classic. Be out. I'll let you out of here in five minutes. <laughs> go. Well, I'm gonna do my best. Um, it's gonna come down that's, to you. I'm gonna blame it on you. <laughs> that's a that's a church thing too. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> hey, I am what I am. Uh, it is what it is. I'm a swearing pastor, a swearing bourbon drinking, tequila drinking pastor. Um, <laughs> shout out to us. Shout out to us. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to do real quick, just to kind of finish the show up as we're leading into the bye week was just talk oh, about grades. So grades for the units, offense, defense, special teams, and these don't have to be long winded definitions. And then effectively offense and defense, maybe a thumbs up, thumbs down surprise player. I thought that might be kind of fun, right? So um, there's an expectation, just so everybody knows, that we might have a similar player. So whoever goes first, more than likely the other person will pick somebody different, um, just just to kind of make the conversation fun. But I'm going to let you go first on offensive, defensive, and special team grades, and then maybe as you give them just kind of why, right? Okay. I'm going to go with special teams. I'm going to go with a D. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with a D. We're gonna be, we're gonna be driving down the same lane. <laughs> we're in the car together. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I'll go with a D plus if that throws it off for you, so you can go with your D. I don't know. <laughs> Pause. But but uh, but no. <laughs> they Humpty Hotline. They, it's appropriate. <laughs> Humpty Hotline. But when I tell you how frustrated I've been with the special teams, uh, from penalties on on kickoffs or or punts to um, um, you know, just just a bunch of bad things that have happened. Miss field goals from from mm. Tyler Bass. I know one was mm. blocked. We can't blame him for a block, but th- th- it's just this year has been sloppy. It's been sloppy. Twelve men on the field. You got uh, you know week one against the Jets, big play uh, in overtime that led to us losing the game, and I can I can name a few there. So D plus defense. Considering the injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a B minus. Yeah. If I was to take the injuries out and say, you know what? It's part of football. Guys get injured. It is what it is. You guys still have to perform. I would probably go with a C minus. I still think that the defense does well. I, I, I think the defense have kept the offense in a lot of games yeah. that we shouldn't have been in. And, yeah. and, and because of that, we are still six and six. Um, but, when you look at games like the Eagles or you look at those other games like the Broncos where it seems like in the fourth quarter or overtime, we're just unable to, to make stops in the, in the most important moments of the game. So, so yeah. And then offense for the entire season, if I'm going to include what I've seen with Ken Dorsey, I'm going to again, be like C minus there. Uh, If I'm going to judge the last two weeks when it comes to the offense, I'm going to, I'm going to go with an A minus. I really like, the direction that the offense is going in. Agreed. I think, you know, Josh Allen looks comfortable. I think Joe Brady, I, I loved even how he took accountability for Josh and for Gabe's miscommunication there. He he knows who to blame. He knows who was wrong. He wouldn't say it. I, I don't necessarily like the coach speak at the moment. 
but I like Joe Brady. I understand yeah. where he's coming from. Yeah. He, I like it. So hopefully uh, we're almost eye to eye with those. But we <laughs> are. Uh, it, it, special teams is a problem. I'm not even going to regrade because I think your grades are on point. So we can probably stay with a D uh, for special teams. And I think the hard part about that is, and this is where it gets personal, right? Coach Smiley lives in the Frontier School District and my daughter is friends with his daughter. So there's an aspect of like, you don't want to see the inevitable and it's all, it's only going to add fuel to that fire of, you know, McDermott fires everybody. There's nobody left to blame. Well, if guys aren't, well, first of all, McDermott or uh, David didn't get fired and neither did Leslie Frazier, but if guys need to be fired, then guys need to be fired. We're now learning we that, that Ken Dorsey needed to be fired um, for whatever reason, whether it was McDermott having Dorsey do things that he wanted him to do or Dorsey feeling like, he was going to do we don't we'll never know the truth behind that but it might get revealed more as joe brady continues to be joe brady in this offense it's going to be revealed to us there's no way in my opinion that ken dorsey does what ken dorsey does for uh 10 weeks and josh allen looks the way that he does and then joe brady gets the last seven seven weeks right seven weeks and looks completely different and then it's like Mm -hmm. well that's all sean mcdermott it's like, well, I don't know at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think you can blame all that on Sean McDermott. That might be literally Ken Dorsey saying, we want to preserve our quarterback. We want, we don't want him to run as much. We, you know, this is my thoughts. These are my plans. This is my vision. And McDermott might have been like, let's try it. Right. So let's try it. And it was that's working. confusing, though, too, because remember in, in certain pressers where Sean McDermott, like I, w- I got annoyed with him before when he's like, yeah, no, we wanted to try a different type of offense. So that was on me. Like when he took accountability, when Sean took accountability for that. I think Sean was like, what are we doing? I think Sean's at the point where he doesn't even know what to say anymore. Like literally we watched him at the podium on, or the, in his chair in his office on Monday saying, yeah, but they kicked a 59-yard field goal. Like, yeah, but like. And at the end of the day, anyways, moving on. So, so the defense. I agree with your your comments about the defense completely and the offense. I think it's a two grade system for the offense. I think I think there's a measure of a two grade. I, the most baffling thing to me is that complementary football. And as much as we are done hearing, wanting to hear McDermott talk about complementary football. I've never seen a team not play comp- complimentary football more than this team. When the defense is on fire, the offense sucks ass. When the offense is on fire, the defense can't hold anything for an entire football game. And it's been like that since McDermott got here, right? If the Bills aren't winning by 17, they're in a one-score game, and we're all freaking out because the defense is about to let up on the like the, the, the final drive. It just I would love to do the research. I'm just not. I don't have the patience for it to find out how many games this defense has let up in Josh. I'd love to know exactly. And Matt Bynum's in the room and he's the editor in chief uh, for, for, for uh, Buffalo rumblings as far as the, the writer side, I'd love somebody to do the research to find out exactly how many times Josh Allen walked off the field, a winner and walked to the locker room, a loser. I would love, to, I would love to know the real number because I don't think it's five. I think it's way more than that. I think it's a lot. And I'll tell you what, that other stat that they showed, 0-6 in overtime, to me, I get it. I know Bruce likes to say wins aren't a quarterback stat, so losses technically aren't a quarterback stat. I don't know if I agree or disagree. I think I'm leaning more to disagreeing. Bruce and I can argue about that on Code of Conduct sometimes. But what I will say is I think that 0-6 record, to me, is more of a reflection on Sean McDermott in overtime. When you're talking overtime, to me, that means – you know, it's it's strategy at that point. When you're talking yeah. overtime, 
So you lose six times. <laughs> Come on, man. Six right. times. And you look no. at the losses, but you look at the losses and, and like, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm trying to remember some of those losses. So there was the Jets game where it was the opening, the opening kickoff, right? But like the Jets drove down the field and scored, right? Josh Allen walked off the field, the winner, Jets drove down the, drove down the field and, and scored and then took the, the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. It's those things. Like, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to figure it out. I feel like there you can I'm off, I'm back to the Eagles game. Sean McDermott cannot tell me with a freaking straight face and it's it bothers me that nobody pressed Adam Benini. Like and I, I'm not trying to call guys out, but there's some strong personalities in that press room. Like I know that I know that compared to the New York City press the la press and certain like media groups that that buffalo is considered a safe place like we don't get into people's faces too much when it comes to coaching and stuff like that but for sean mcdermott to say that there was no changes when you look at the first three and out by the eagles the defense was aggressive all through the first half crazy aggressive like in their faces challenging everything and then by the end of the second half it was like oh you want nine yards go ahead take it yeah, there's nine yards. Oh, you're going to run out of bounds? Yeah, go ahead, run out of bounds. That actually makes it easier for us. So we'll, we'll, we'll just wait for you to make a mistake. And I just, anyways, different conversation. Um, so I agree with your, I agree with your grades completely. Now, uh, offense, defense. So surprise player, I'll go offense first for me. Uh, I'm going to go Ty Johnson. Um, so thumbs up offensive player. So I'll go, I'll go first, like thumbs up, like surprise player. You, then you can go, then I'll go thumbs down. So offensive player, thumbs up for me. That's a, a surprise is, is literally Ty Johnson. And I think I could probably go with like Connor McDermott. Like there's a lot of guys on that offense that I could probably be surprised about, but I'm excited. Latavius Murray is probably not going to be a Buffalo bill next year. I'm excited to see James cook and Ty Johnson. Like to me next year, I, I'm already I'm already a little bit salivating for what I'm going to see next year with this offensive line and those two guys. So to me, my first thumbs up surprise player, and it's just been in the last couple of weeks, is Ty Johnson. I'm really excited about this kid. Yeah, no, I love it. I'm uh, I, I'm with you. I would have chose him, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Kalil Shakir. Yeah, I think over the last not. like three four weeks, um, he he's just he's been the thing that we've missed since Cole Beasley. Yeah, it's like it. So like I talked about earlier when you said like, you know, you when you see Josh wind up and throw in a third and 15. Th now that confidence is coming in three times now over the last couple of weeks. It's been Shakir on the other end of that on another end of that pass. Yep, yep. And he's running routes. He's making big plays in big moments when they're needed. He's been consistent. He doesn't drop passes. He's I love it. I love it. So for me, uh, Khalil Shakir, I will very much like to see him have a, a another step forward when it comes to how much the team utilizes him for the rest of the season. Yeah. And the next year, uh, especially if I'm I'm hoping and praying to God that we don't give this man Gabe Davis a ton of money for an extension. <laughs> give him Davis's snaps and then draft another wide receiver in the second or first round. Please. We need a number That's two what for asking. sure. Um, so going to th the thumbs down surprise player for me as far as so transit. I love the Shakir pick because I'm the guy that said that I, I want to see him earn a spot before we just because all of Bill's Mafia was like, if they just gave him a chance. And it's like, well, are you sure? And here he is proving it. He's proving me wrong. And I love that. So I love the Shakir, the Shakir, the Shakir pick. Uh, thumbs down for me. I, there's there's a couple different places that I could go. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go in a non-traditional or probably non-expected way. And I'm going to say Dawson Knox. 
watching Dalton Kincaid execute in this offense and get open and catch the football really, to me, highlights the deficiencies of a $14 million tight end. And it's not a situation where we can be like, yeah, but Dawson's a really great blocker. No, he's not. <laughs> like, it's not a situation where, like, that's why they had Lee Smith for so long, because Lee Smith was a tight end that could freaking block. Dawson Knox is not a great blocker, and I just feel like I need to see more from Dawson, and I don't know what the future necessarily, necessarily holds for the two of them together. But so far this season, I'm excited to have him back. I'm excited to see him healthy. But from what I've seen, and I think my thumbs down is – is more an indictment on Dawson's last year and this year versus just this year. Like Dalton Kincaid has shown you that like tight ends in this offense can get open. They can make plays and they can catch the football. Right. Yeah. So thumbs down for you on offense. I don't know if mine is much of a surprise, like, but it's supposed to be. So I bet I'm going Gabe Davis. If, That's not if a surprise. You it doesn't have to be a surprise. You're ghost Davis, but yes. <laughs> if you want me to be surprised about it uh, in the comments, Matt and Sarah both said Sherfield. I'm agreeing with that as well. Yeah. He came here to, to be an upgrade to Isaiah McKenzie. At this point, you almost got me saying I'd rather have Isaiah McKenzie. And I don't know if people know about I don't know how much people know me. I don't know how much you listen to the Code of Conduct or how much you watch Hump Day Hotline. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not the biggest Isaiah McKenzie fan. And I'm almost like I'd rather have Isaiah McKenzie than Sherfield on this team. Yep. So, But Gabe Davis, it, he had a, a wonderful game against the Eagles. Yeah. Do it against the Chiefs. He did it. And then do it against the Cowboys. In three weeks. And then do it. Like just do it. Be consistent, man. Like that's my only problem with him. Be consistent. I think Sherfield, the 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 funniest thing about Sherfield is is the play where Josh Allen was going to throw a wide receiver screen to him. So you get the play call, they all break out, and Sherfield is like full on, like 100 percent like I'm here to run block. And he was run blocking on that play, and the ball like sailed behind him. And then he came out of it like, wait, that that was that was to me. And it's like, you don't know the play call? Like, you Get honestly don't know the play call? <laughs> like, Get him out of here, man. Like, wide <laughs> receivers, wide receiver. so so much of NFL offense is option and choice route based, which is what happened on Gabe Davis and, and Josh Allen and that, and that last play on offense in overtime, where, like, you, I got to see what you're seeing. We got to agree, and we got to, like, make – it's all got to come together. A wide receiver screen is a bang-bang play. Wide receiver screen mm-hmm. is like, we're calling this play, and – if I don't check out of it, you get the ball. You get the ball. And and Sherfield was like, I'm gonna block. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? I'm anyway. gonna do something. I'm a I'm gonna block somebody. I might not catch a ball, <laughs> but they're gonna get blocked. But it was like, a look on his face inside of his helmet when he was like, Wait, that, that was to me. That was to me. <laughs> that was for me. <laughs> My bad, man. Do it again. I love Sherfield. Like, I love his energy. I just he the production on the field. For me, you know, I, I'm learning now to to really be able to separate how much I love a guy versus yeah. All right, I need you to, to perform on the field. <laughs> like, right. I don't care how much I love you. Yeah, defense. But, so I'll then, let you go first because I went first on offense. So okay, thumbs up. So we're starting off with the good, Surprise, right? surprise okay. thumbs up. And I know where you're going, but surprise thumbs up. I'm going to go A.J. Epinesa. Oh, that is not where I thought you were going with that. Okay. I'm going to go A.J. Epinesa, man. Like, I was, I was loud during the offseason mm. saying that this dude should be cut. <laughs> like let's yeah, move on yeah. from him trade yeah, yeah. him get something for him i don't care if it's a fourth fifth rounder get something back for him do what for you sure. did with boogie he has been uh, like he has honest to god man like I, I 
I can't apologize enough to that man. Like he, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. AJ Epinesa. That's that's a great that's a great pick. And the obvious pick, Jedediah. Where's my my cursor? Jedediah just said Bernard. That's the obvious pick. And I was going to go there, and I assumed you were going to go there. Um, I'm really excited to see this kid grow. Yeah. I'm going to go off script though, just because Bernard is the obvious pick. Lenville Joseph, mother trucker, gets off the couch. <laughs> Four weeks ago, three weeks ago, and it's just like he's doing it. <laughs> he doing it. <laughs> it's like, uh, why did we even sign Puna Ford? Why did somebody call Lenville Joseph? Well, I tell you what. Can I skip ahead to my down real quick? Because bring Puna Ford back. Can we get Jordan Phillips and Tim settle the hell off my football team? <laughs> Y'all not playing football. Y'all the worst graded PFF players and you pressing fans. And I don't care what the truth is about. That. I said this on Code of Conduct. Be mad at me. Y'all don't got to listen to me. Whatever. I don't care, man. Y'all professional athletes. Yeah. I don't care. You can't let some you losing the game or whatever's happening get so under your skin that you're gonna put your hands on the player. Get nah. They nah. Puna Ford, bring him up, and I'm giving both thumbs down to Tim Settle. And I, I know you love him, Matt. I know you love Jordan Phillips. I love him too. But ask ask yourself, what has he done on the field for you lately that makes you say you love him? Yeah. You go show me if you can show me five good play, not not plays where he jumps up afterwards where he's celebrating. Because he's always the one jumping up to celebrate. It makes you think he gets sacks. Yeah, yeah. Because he's the, he's the loudest one on defense after every play. What have you done lately on the field, bro? It's okay, not- Matt, you talking about Shaq, too, to put hands Okay, I love Shaq. He's a dog. But if you're putting hands on players, we got to like, stop, as Bills fans, saying that stuff is okay. We gotta st- Just because he's a Bills player don't mean it's okay. I don't care what they said to him. They didn't say anything that should make a professional athlete put his hands on a. We ain't got to talk about that because I just I get so well, tired of seeing all the excuses all week about this. Well, we all we, week we can talk about it because there was uh, the action happened. There was an indictment made by the players of what was being said and video surfaced today of the dude sitting next to him, where he was not saying any of the things that uh, that that Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson said that he was saying. He literally was just giving them a hard time. He was ribbing them. Which, to me, there's there's a proverb like an invisible wall. Those guys should like this isn't new. They should be able to have conversations, do what they do, knowing that they're getting heckled. Um, But yeah, I would expect fines, and I would expect potentially suspension for Shaq Lawson for putting his hands on a fan. But we'll see. And and I think the guy, literally, like in that video, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna press charges. Like he put his hands on me. That's assault. And as much as he didn't hurt him, it it might happen. It's assault. And the thing is. But the thing is, it's like, then we'll turn around as Bills fans and make every excuse in the book. I don't care what the guy said to him. Yeah. Do you know how much ignorant shit is said to me on a day-to-day basis? For sure. You know how much ignorant shit is said to me when I come to Buffalo and go to a football game? Right. Like, in the tailgate, I get racist shit said to me, and I'm part of the fan base. Yeah. I get dumb stuff said to me on Twitter every day. Yeah. People people talk so much. People talk out their necks so much. Yeah. You are a professional athlete that gets paid millions of dollars to play a game that we enjoy watching. You get paid millions of dollars to do this. And you can't you can't be professional? Bro, you if you knew the salary I got from Buffalo Rumblings and I still hold my peace with a lot of this crap, you would think that I was a saint, man. And you mean to tell me for millions of dollars and to not get suspended or to not get fined, you can't represent your team a certain way? 
Come on, man. Like that's that's foolish and it's childish. 100%. Kids fight like that. Kids do foolish stuff. We got to go. Jerry and Sarah are coming up oh. online the game. My, my bad. I just looked at the time. My thumbs down is Taryn Johnson. T Taryn Johnson's been targeted too much, and I don't understand why. We love you guys for uh, all of Bill's Mafia for us. Go hang out with them. Yes. Love you guys. Go Bills. <laughs> What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.